Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson and I'm your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. Here, we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in today, and may the Lord bless this episode greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. Well, today I'm joined once again by Jason Rowland, one of our lead elders here at the church. He's our preaching pastor here. Um, longtime co-host of the podcast. Jason, it's good to be with you today recording. Thank you, Duffy. It is good to record. Looking forward to this episode. Yes, yes. This will be a good one. We're kind of back doing another uh, of our standard episodes where we kind of just look at a biblical text and um, maybe take a shot at helping to unpack maybe a more challenging text. And today we are looking at one that maybe has been confusing at times, um, and hopefully we can by God's grace, bring some clarity and help to understanding what Paul means. But before we dive into that, um, by way of introduction, it has nothing to do with the biblical text, but man, it's a good year to be a Rangers fan, a Texas Rangers fan, isn't it, Jason? It is a good year to be a Texas Ranger fan. It's been uh, It's been hard the last few years. It's been 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 hard. It's been hard for the last five years or six years. They've been in the playoffs. You know, they went to the World Series in 2010, 2011, and we've been in the playoffs a couple of times uh, since then. But for the most part, it's been pretty dry run. It's a bit of a drought. Right. And so this season has been really uh, fun. They've been on top of the American League West for most of the season. They're back on top now. They have lost that starting about the middle of August and – they just came back on top just last week, and uh, yeah, even at recording, there's like six games left in the season, and I think right now we're on a six-game winning streak at this moment, which mm-hmm. is a great way to close out the season. Right. Um, after a little bit of some some bumps in the road, I mean, we are rocking on all cylinders. We've got a great lineup. Yes. And uh, I guess if you can't tell, listeners, we are Texas Rangers fans here, so uh, unapologetically. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, um, but m- much more Texas Ranger fans than Houston Astro fans. Amen. <laughs> Say it louder. <laughs> <laughs> we are not. We are not. Repeated. Not. <laughs> We get to say that. That's right. We get to say that because this is our podcast. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) No offense intended, but that's just how how we roll here on the Asking for a Friend podcast. Okay, enough of that. Uh, Jason, let's try to to hit this concisely today, but we want to look at Ephesians 4, verse 30. Uh, Paul, in the middle of this uh, really long discourse, really it begins in chapter 4, verse 1. And you can make an argument that it goes all the way into chapter 5 at some level. But Ephesians 4.30, um, I, I know personally for me, I've heard various kind of interpretations of this. And I, I think it can be confusing. I, I don't think it has to be confusing or just difficult maybe to interpret. Um, but Paul's speaking about the Holy Spirit. And specifically, he says, do not grieve or grieve not, depending on your translation. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And I think those of us who have 
who are students of scripture, Christians who want to please the Lord with our lives and with our thoughts and actions and all of this. We want to obey the Lord, uh, something that is important to us. Um, this sort of a, a text uh, can maybe breed a sort of fear or a, an anxiety maybe that um, I, I know even at a cursory reading, you can maybe think of something like, um, oh, have what's what, what have I done? Is it a forgivable thing? Have I, have I gone too far? Those kinds of thoughts. And so um, I, I just wanted to bring up, I'll have Jason in just a moment bring in some thoughts, but he's going to read our text in just a moment. But I want to, before we get into the detail of verse 30 of chapter 4, just want to bring to your attention, as we're looking through this text, um, all of the language that Paul uses in the entire epistle of Ephesians referring to the Holy Spirit. He, I mean, this is a Holy Spirit-saturated letter. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's, he is referenced, Paul references the Holy Spirit in all six chapters to one degree or another. And so what Paul is doing here, he is showing the Ephesian church and thereby us as Christians um, today the intricate and uh, vital importance of the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church and the life of the Christian. And so there are positive comments he makes, and this is a negative comment that he makes toward us, uh, something to caution against. But just take, for instance, um, Ephesians 1.13, Paul says that we are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Um, Ephesians 1.17, a few verses later, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Um, I'm sorry, not Ephesians chapter 2, 2. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, 18. For through him, Christ, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Praise the Lord for that. Ephesians 2, 22. We are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. What an amazing thing. Ephesians 3, 5, now um, been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So the, the Spirit's role in revelation um, in, in communicating to us through his word. Ephesians 3, 16, there's a, a command and an affirmation that we be strengthened with the power through his Spirit. Ephesians 4, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. And that brings us into chapter 4. Um, uh, there is one body, one spirit, uh, Ephesians 4.4, 4, just as you were called to the one hope that, um, that belongs to your call. And then we come to our verse, Ephesians 4.30, which is a little bit, uh, it's kind of the opposite. It's a, it's, a, it's a negative statement. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for, his re uh, for the day of redemption. Um, and then one more final one I would bring up is Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but another positive command, be filled with the Spirit. And so all I want to do is set up the, the letter in general before we look at the detail of verse 30, that Paul is communicating something to us very important about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christian. Jason, uh, jump in here and, and give us some thoughts, and then we're going to read our text. Well, I do th appreciate what you just laid out, um, Duffy, because it is easy to overlook the role of the Spirit within the letter of Ephesians. And certainly, um, 
those are important things that you have brought out. But what we're trying to do now is narrow down in chapter 4, where Paul says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It reminds us of other texts in which Paul says something similar. Uh, For example, in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, he instructs believers not to quench the Spirit. Uh, We have the writer of Hebrews saying that we should not insult the Holy Spirit. And we have an example out of the book of Acts, the author being Luke, when Stephen uh, says that the Israelites as a nation have always resisted the Holy Spirit. So all of those are really synonymous. They're, they're the same thing being said. Yes. So how do we understand it? That's the question that is before us. How do we understand... Um, what it is to quench the Spirit or to grieve the Spirit in our text. So one of the things that I think you said at the beginning ought to be said again, that that sincere believers, believers who desire to um, be serious about their relationship with the Lord, um, they want to know what that is. Am I grieving the Spirit? How am I grieving the Spirit? Is it some thought that I'm having? It's some action, some attitude, some motive. Whatever it is, I want to understand what it is that I'm doing or I should not do in order to grieve the Spirit. And so Paul lays it out for us pretty pretty clearly. You referenced chapter 4 beginning in verse 17 all the way to chapter 5. And I would say down to verse 21, that's a big block of text. That's right, that's right. In which Paul is talking about how the believers to live the new life that is in Christ. And so uh, let me just read beginning in verse 25 through verse 32 of chapter 4, and that'll give us the context, immediate context, in which we can see our verse, which is verse 30 of chapter 4. And let me interject really quickly. We are reading from the English Standard Version. You may not have that exact version, but it'll be likely close. Yes, yes. Verse 25, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And so really what we have is a big block of text in which Paul is giving us um, practical teaching for the life of the believer. Exactly. And these are practical things in that he says, um, for example, do not lie to one another. And that's what what we read in verse 25. Do not um, speak uh, in a way that is untruthful. Speak the truth for we are members of one another. He says, do not sin in verse 26. Um, In your anger, do not sin. In verse 28, he says, do not steal. In verse 29, he says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. 
And then in verse 30, he says, do not grieve the spirit. And so when we think about the context in which he's writing, I think what Paul is saying is the opposite of these things would be grieving the spirit. So if we lie, we're going to grieve the spirit. If we're going to sin in our anger, we're going to grieve the spirit. If we're going to steal, we're going to grieve the spirit. If we allow corrupting talk to come out of our mouths, then we're going to grieve the spirit. Um, the idea in verse 31 following our verse 30 is bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. If you participate in those things, attitude, thoughts, actions, words, then you have grieved the spirit. So it's really not that difficult to think through in terms of what Paul is saying. When we grieve the spirit, it's living inconsistently with what the word has um, been given to us to say, this is the practical way you live the Christian life. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And I think it, it, it all boils down to one word. We're talking about sin. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. Sin grieves God. You know, the old confessions uh, that were born out of the Protestant Reformation defined sin as any want or conf- uh, any want of conformity to of the transgression of the law of God. And so we know that the that God, anything that is uh, contrary to the to God's character, is sin, right? right, right. Unholiness, um, unrighteousness. All we could name the list, and um, I think that's the at the very base line of what Paul is saying is that when Christians engage in sin of any kind, that is grievous to him, because what has God to do with sin? Nothing, right? right? right. He is holy, righteous, and good, and. And he even adds to the list if we continue through chapter 5. He talks about sexual immorality, impurity. He um, talks about covetousness. And remember, covetousness is always connected with immorality. Remember the 10th commandment? Do not covet your neighbor's wife. So coveting some other person sexually, male or female, is connected with sexual immorality. Don't do those things because doing those things grieves the Holy Spirit. Let no foolish or filthy talk, crude joking come out of your mouth, but instead let there be thanksgiving. He talks about the fact that we are not to deceive others with empty words. Um, Do not become partners with those who are uh, children of darkness. I mean, these are all just practical realities of the believer when you participate in these things in any way then you're grieving the spirit that's right and i think the uh, the companion text to this is found in the previous letter to the galatian church in galatians chapter 5 one passage that we are all familiar with so if you were to think about these as contrasting um, we've talked about all of these things that grieve the spirit um, what what things would bring joy to the spirit and we find that in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And oh, he says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. 
Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So those are identically contrasting for uh, Ephesians 4, where we have what you just read in Galatians 5. Right. I think if we look at what Paul is saying in both of those situations, it becomes abundantly clear. Right. Um, and, and the opposite of, of grieving the Spirit is just what you said, what brings joy to the Spirit. Uh, Paul talks about it in Ephesians as being filled with the Spirit. That's right. In chapter 5, and you reference that. Yep. Verse 16. And what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It means to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus, and then submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is in the context of... Of the body. The body in, of in Christ. You're doing Amen. these things. Amen. And the singing that we would sing, uh, the songs that we would sing, the, the singing that we would do to one another uh, is spirit-inspired. Inspired. That's right. And we're not grieving the spirit. Um, you're bringing joy to the spirit. You're being filled with the spirit. Now, I do want to, uh, there, what, I, what we have in verse 30, it, it's broken down into two sections the way I see it. I mean, Jason, you might can speak to this a little bit, but we have what we ha- uh, what I wrote down as an admonition: do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And then what we have following that is the motivation by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So we we have we have this reality that we have been sealed. Those of us who are believers, we have been sealed. It's a sure thing. Praise right. the Lord. Right. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. Therefore, don't grieve the Spirit, you know, if you kind of reverse right. it. Right. So Paul's using this really tight logic rationale here. Uh, believer, why on earth would you want to do something consciously, intentionally, that would uh, go against the very nature and character of God himself? Right. right. No one would say that we would desire to do that, right? That's right. Now, the, 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 the reality is we're Satan and sinner in the same person. Absolutely. We're Satan and sinner, and so we're still sin. And certainly, um, we are going to fall in um, sin and, and make choices in which we're not completely honest or when we're angry in our, uh, um, we, and we sin or uh, perhaps we, we are dishonest or a corrupting speech comes out of our mouth. So we're not saying that... that to be perfect, uh, we're, we're saying that the saint center reality is something that we live in this uh, body of flesh, and that's the truth about our person, and, and yet um, we want to guard against anything that would grieve the Spirit in any way. Absolutely. Yeah, we're not talking about perfectionism or anything like that right. here. We understand I hope you, as well, listener, understand that we're not talking about this kind of unreachable goal. But there, there is um, anyone who is indwelt by the Spirit is going to desire the things of the Spirit. Right. That's just a fact. Right. Um, and so that that's manifested outwardly in, in all sorts of things. But what what I, what comes to mind is um, a couple of passages or a couple of verses here in, in the book of James where James addresses the church, closes the letter, and he says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And I think that there is certainly an application of that, that when we do, it actually pleases the Lord when we have been made aware of sin, uh, the sins that grieve him, 
we can actually uh, turn that into uh, something pleasing to him when we acknowledge that and bring it out in a confession with another brother or sister in Christ that I have grieved the Spirit. Oh, wretched man that I am. Right. You know, we can sp- save me. We speak of Paul in Romans 7. Oh, wretched man that I am. I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I ought to do. Right. Um, uh, so and, there's so many more things we could say on this topic. Well, and, and let's just say this, that what we've tried to do is just sh- show you um, how that you would approach your Bible and study and that you come to the understanding of that verse in the context in which it is. And you don't just pull that verse out and you make it something other than what it would say. And so your understanding or your applications can be um, outside of what Scripture would teach. For example, someone might say, well, you would grieve the Spirit by driving uh, an SUV because we want to be green, right? Or someone would say... Oh, making up sins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or would, something like that. Yeah, yeah. these are man-made oh, yeah. kind That's of That's a great, great analogy, yeah. 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 You, you don't want to um, add to, um, like the Pharisees did, their rule-keeping so that we can appear to be not grieving the Spirit. We, we want to go to the text and help us to see the reality of what it is to grieve the text, and I think we've tried to do that in yeah, the I, episode. Yeah, I think, yes, exactly. I think you're right on there. Great. I'm thankful that you brought that point out. One, a couple of things I'd like to uh, to read. I've got some notes here prepared. And one thing I thought was really helpful, oh, two things I thought were really helpful. Um, one is I'd like to read a couple of stanzas from an old hymn written by William Cooper in uh to my, according to my notes, he wrote this in 1772. Um, likely in those in those years, he was he wrote this hymn. Um, I don't know the title of it. Um, it may just be titled "Oh for a Closer Walk with God." I'm not sure, but it's in Spurgeon's hymnal, and Spurgeon actually quoted this uh, hymn in a sermon that he preached in 1867, and it is just. Um, it's powerful just reading through these stanzas. William Cooper got it. <laughs> he understood exactly what Paul was referring to. These and it are comes beautiful out. words. They really are beautiful. Yeah, so let this um, really apply this, what we've just said. Let, let these words apply the truth of what Paul is teaching here. So here's this. I'm going to read three stanzas. It's short. Where is the blessedness I knew when first I sought the Lord? Where is the soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? What peaceful hours I then enjoyed. How sweet their memories still. But they have left an aching void the world can never fill. Return, O holy dove, return, sweet messenger of rest. I hate the sins that made thee mourn and drove thee from my breast. The dearest idol I have known, whate'er that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. That, that is, doesn't need a whole lot of comment. That is perfectly fitting for what we're talking yes, about. Yes, Trying to understand what it is to not grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, I, uh, as you were reading that, I thought about Psalm 51. And without talking through the whole psalm 
uh, you know, the occasion was David's uh, adultery with Bathsheba and then the arrangement of the murder for, of her husband. And uh, one of the things that David said in that prayer is, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Of course, that's, an, that's a whole other discussion from the Old Testament kind of understanding and context. But what David had seen was the Holy Spirit depart from Saul and Saul become a madman. And uh, that is a, a, an Old Testament picture, if you will, of, of grieving the Spirit. And David's fear, I have sinned just as grievously as Saul. Uh, the only difference between David and Saul is David is a great repenter and Saul never repented. And so uh, David fears that, that he was, had grieved the Holy Spirit um, and grieved God enough that, that God's Holy Spirit would be removed. He would depart. And so we ought to have that same kind of healthy fear. Not that, not that the Holy Spirit is going to depart from us, but certainly that we wouldn't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I, one other thing that you just made me think about as well is on the flip side of this, if you've ever known experientially the comfort of the Holy Spirit yes. that Jesus promised in John 14 and 16, where he says, I'm going, but I'm going to send you something better even than myself. And he's the comforter. He's going to guide you into all truth. Um, he will help you. He will instruct you in the word, right? Right. And Only we have better, this, better in the sense that he indwells the believer. Absolutely. Yeah. The Spirit of Christ, right. he's called elsewhere. And so if you've known and experienced the comfort and the joy wrought by the Spirit in your life, that serves only as greater motivation to not want to grieve the Spirit right. by anything, right? Which is exactly what Cooper That's wrote. That's exactly what Cooper what was writing. What peaceful hours I once enjoyed, how sweet their memory still. He's talking about the, the being at peace, being uh, secure, and, and yes. uh, having the, the sense of God's presence and peace That's with right. him. That's right. And there's one other thing I wanted to, to bring out. Um, I've actually got some quotes from, and if anyone wants to, to know where the, I'm not going to read anything, but I've got a great quote from John Owen in his works on communion with God, referring to this text. I've got a quote from John Calvin from his commentary on Galatians, as well as from the Institutes. And I've also got a quote from Matthew Henry in his commentary on the Bible, as well as from Matthew Poole. All of these men from the 1500s and 1600s. Um, wrote on this text on the Holy Spirit and on the life of the Christian. They're really great quotes. If you want them, I can get them to you. But one thing I'd like to maybe end the episode with is the first question and answer of the Heidelberg Catechism. And I thought this was so fitting to maybe put a cap on. Uh, the Heidelberg Catechism was written in the 1560s, if I remember correctly. Um, Zacharias Ursinus was one of the, the crafters of this catechism. But this question, number one, is this. What is your only comfort in life and in death? Answer. That I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, 
all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready for, from now on to live for him. That summarizes what Paul is saying in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, the whole epistle. Because of this great salvation that's been wrought for us, Ephesians chapter 1, we live in light of that, Ephesians 4, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So what on earth would we want to have anything to do that would be contrary to his nature or that would bring him grief? Do you have any closing thoughts? No, I know one of the things that um, when in my confession of sin, in my daily prayer, this is one of the things that I say, Lord, uh, forgive me for grieving your Holy Spirit. Um, because there are times that I probably do that that I'm not even aware because I'm, I'm spiritually dull. You know, I, I just, my heart is deceitfully wicked. So how am I going to know even the, the, the depths of my sin? So this is, a, this is the practical way that we can apply this verse uh, at least it, to my understanding, uh, Lord, forgive me of my pride, my self-righteousness, my self-sufficiency. Uh, forgive me for grieving the Holy Spirit. I think that's a great way to end it. Um, Jason, it's been a good conversation today. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you once again, listener, for taking the time to listen in today to the Asking for a Friend podcast. We sure hope that it's been a blessing to you. Don't forget to like and share the podcast with those that you think would also benefit from it. Maybe share it through text or through social media or maybe email. Any way you can share a link, um, please send this along and uh, we pray that it's a benefit to, to others as well. Um, but as usual, until next time, grace and peace be with you all.